What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Diggy Fresh in the building, Mr. Monday Night Madness. We here with my man, Big Ron Ray. Ron, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good, man. Well, go ahead, Ron. Introduce yourself and uh, where you're from, a little bit of your story, and then I'm going to give the connection. Okay. Uh, my name is Ron Ray. I'm originally from Southeast Washington, D.C., but I've been living in Columbia long enough to call Columbia home. Um, owned and operated a, a barbershop for over 30 years amongst other things uh, got into real estate and mm -hmm. done well and invested well with that um, parent on my second marriage um, which you know <laughs> marriage and life is, is, is one of those things that that's, it's a constant growth well, you already know I'm getting married, so uh, you know I'm a, along with my dad, you, my man Shad and Patrick. Y'all, y'all gonna be the ones I call. Oh yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely, man. Ever evolving. I got you. Well, everybody, this is my man. This is one of my first ever mentors outside of my parents' circle that I've met through my man James Shad. Uh, we went through the uh, the mastermind. Mastermind group. And uh, that Shad had put together, and we just had coffee one day, and we said, hey, let's just keep in touch. And we kept in touch since then. So yes. So what, around what, six, seven months? Yep. Yep. And... Well, no, actually longer than that. Really? Yeah. Where did we start? Man, it, it could have been a year now. Oh, man. Yeah. Ah, well. It could have been a year, because we, we actually went through the summer. That's right. That is right. That's right. That's together, right. That's so. right. Oh, man. Uh... Every time I'm with you, man, it's like church. It's just like I get that value. It's like I go see my, my priest, and then I get a little bit of the, the word in me, and I'm just like, I got to take that home. And right. I've everything that you've told me has either manifested itself quite perfectly or just in similar. Okay. And for like for example, like when you were telling me, when me and my lady, before we got engaged, how you were telling me, hey, it was, we were going through something at the time, and something about the foundation of me not doing it earlier but just right. waiting until I finish school and everything and she under she actually appreciates that now wow so wow. I mean that that conversation we had when I was going to class actually helped okay okay well that, that's definitely a good thing man because I've made enough mistakes <laughs> <laughs> by way of relationships yeah. to 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 embrace maturing yeah. To 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 a level of, of understanding that it's just not my perspective in relationship that's that's important. It's her perspective as well. I got you. So I know you've done more than just a little bit of real estate and barbershop, man. You you told me you was a comedian at one time. I was a comedian at one time. Um enjoyed that. How long were you a comedian? For several years. And that was all you ever did. That's what you did full time. No, I, I did the comedian thing part-time. I actually, it started being a dick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because um, a lot of people um, see me as a funny guy. I, I, I like to think I got a pretty good sense of you humor. You got a sarcastic wit about you. Yeah. And um, I did it at, at, as a dare, and some people saw me and, and thought that I, I had a gift for it. So I went out there and tried it for several years and enjoyed that. How far did you travel? Wow, um, I opened for artists like Steve Harvey, uh, Cedric the Entertainer, um, uh, quite quite a few guys. Um, traveled from all of the East Coast, West Coast. Uh, was in the Bay Area comic search with um, Mike Epps, actually. Mike Epps knows you. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm amongst royalty people. <laughs> I'm amongst black royalty over here, man. Yeah. Uh, man, it's, it's, it's been a journey and some things, I, one thing I learned from you is that there's always a lesson to be learned in life. Yes. And I have to constantly be growing, as you said earlier, when we started the podcast. And when we, when we first got connected, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to connect with this dude. I had no idea I was going to connect this much with this big guy from the barbershop because I'd never been in a black barbershop before. Uh, my dad always cut my hair. I always learned from him. Right. So when I ventured out and said, let me get my own thing, 
Yeah. And met you, Shad, Patrick, every I mean, all those guys in that, that even small run, I was just like, I, I'm I'm going somewhere with this. Right. And so, you know, past this last week I was on watching TV while I was doing my show notes and I was like, Godfather's on. Let me watch it. I was like, everybody knows about the Godfather. But you <laughs> apparently have not watched the movie. As a man that is older than me, everybody that I know, even my dad has seen it. Right. But to find somebody that's my dad's age and hasn't seen it is quite interesting. But have have you heard about the movie and got an idea of what it's about? Heard about the movie, watched it in spots. I'm more of a... I was more of a Scarface guy. Yeah. And, and say hello to my little friend. Say hello to my little friend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the Godfather didn't start with enough action. That's what it's to, a, it's to three, keep me. It's three hours. I know it, but you got the, one of those things. Your intro for me. Your intro has you gotta to be catch strong. You got to catch it. Yeah, and and it, it it was dialogue rich in the in the beginning. Oh yeah, and and. Um, for me, at that time when the movie came out, I needed action in the beginning. And it was in '72. Yeah, when it came out, so I can only understand. I uh, I got when did I first see it? I saw it after I think. Uh, I first saw it after my senior year of uh, uh, college, and I was like, well, I've never, seen, I've always heard about it. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's, I always heard like on like uh, MTV, uh, Geico, when I was on, I was just like, that was the man's movie. Like every guy's always grounded his life in the Godfather. He learned okay. something from it. Right. And so when I saw it, I was like, let me put something on. And I said, Ron is like, like my Don Vito, <laughs> <laughs> where I kissed the ring and I asked for permission to get my life together on a serious cap. But uh, just to give it, um, to give the, the movie its due diligence, just to give it a back a backstory, it's a gangster film, mm-hmm. uh, released in '72, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, there is a conspiracy. There's a conspiracy going around that Nicolas Cage is either brother or cousin of this director. Okay. Going around, that was kind of interesting when I learned about it. Uh, and it's based off the novel written. This is based off the novel written by Mario Puzo, titled The Godfather. Okay. He's a Italian American that came over in the '30s. Wow. And so I was like, okay, this is coming from real life experience, and uh, stars Al Pacino, you know. Yes. Uh, as Michael Corleone, which is uh, Don Vito Corleone's son, who's played by none other than Marlon Brando. Yes. Now, do you know who Marlon Brando is? Um, I'm not a historian of Marlon Brando, but... <laughs> I mean, um, everybody knows who Old Blue Eyes is. Right. Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. So, yeah, Mar- Marlon Brando, I-, I guess my connection with him um, starts with knowing that he-, he was a big part of the Godfather's movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had some other uh, significant roles in-, in some other film. Mm-hmm. That that you know it's monumental, but yeah. Um, I grew up in the uh, <laughs> in the black exploitation era. So Shaft, Shaft, Superfly. Well, Superfly. The let me, Mac. Let me, damn. Oh my God. Yes. My dad knows about the like. If you call my if I call my dad right now on the phone, he'll be able to tell you all about the Mac. But I grew up. With the new Shaft and the new Superfly, did you see? Okay, them? I saw both. Based on what you saw when you were growing up, because you grew up with uh, uh, what's the dude uh, Richard Roundtree? Yes, as Shaft. as Shaft, and I grew up watching Sam Jackson as Shaft. I mean, Sam Jackson as Shaft. Right. What's the difference? If there's a big difference? Um, the difference for me is, is that Richard Roundtree made the the movie Shaft. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Samuel Jackson, although he's a great actor, mm-hmm. didn't do a bad job. For me, the most entertaining person in that movie was a guy that played Peoples in the new Shaft. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? He also played as Muddy Waters in Cadillac Rams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey something. I can't remember his last name. Jeffrey Wright, I'm, I'm thinking. Okay. 
but um, he 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 was more entertaining in the movie. He he was a great villain, mm-hmm. and, and and I think his villain was greater than than Samuel Jackson's Shaq. I got you. And, yeah. And back in the Roundtree days, yeah. Roundtree's Shaft was greater than the villain. Now, for everybody that is, because this podcast is mostly centered around people my age that are in their 20s and 30s. Okay. They don't have any idea probably who Richard Roundtree is. So give them a small synopsis of who Richard Roundtree is. Wow. For, for, for the 70s era... <laughs> <laughs> he, he was the black man's black man. So he you was know? like the Denzel of the day. He was the Denzel of the day. Um, he was smart. He he was he was tough. Um, he was a ladies man back back in the seventies, which was a, a big sexual revolution era. Yeah. Where, where men, men were, were when men were men. Men were men, and they had multiple <laughs> women. You know what I mean? And, and and to play that character or, or or even like Superfly, the thing was always being a tough, being a man, and having a lot of women. And money. And money. So that that shaped a whole generation of men. It did. It and did. And nowadays being a man is quite different. It is. It is. I'm 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 amazed because I I also have, you know, children your age. Yeah. And um I'm amazed by the, by the difference, and, and although I've always presented myself to be a man before them, some things are not genetically transferred. Like who I am, my sons have to work to be. <laughs> and, and a funny thing is, is that I realized I turned into my dad as I got older. I started to notice some characteristics of my dad. Right. Yeah. But... Um, Ways of communicating. I, if if I call my son, he won't answer. But if I text him, it's an immediate response, and I don't understand that. You don't. I don't. It's, it. Uh, and for me, it's easier for me to pick up a phone than to respond to a text. But for him, that's the culture. That is. I, I subscribe to your and yours and my dad's ideology of a man because that's all I ever grew up with. But right. two. It gave me room to understand women, in a sense. Okay. Because nowadays, even though I'm with a female permanently, right, I understand that being a man is not just the money, or is it not just it's not the 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 uh, the ideology of I have to be around a lot of women. No. Or I have to be known by a lot of women to be a man, and so. When you were talking to me when we first met, so when I got my hair cut for graduation on the phone, yep. I was like, okay, am I turning around here? Because <laughs> <laughs> I grew up with my dad. It's just like, I, I, the life lesson he always taught me was, you know, always be looking forward. Always be looking t- to the next day, forward to the next month, year. And it's very hard these days to find guys my age like that. Right. We, we're, we're, we are adrift because everything's been given to us right. in a way. We've been given the technology. I mean, my dad grew up in Manning, South Carolina. There's nothing there. Right. He grew up in a house full of 11 kids. Parents had very little to no education, so he had to go out and earn his. He didn't want his sons to struggle. He gave us just enough for us to be satisfied. We right. went on vacations. We had some. We had me and my brother had a Nintendo sixty four. We had PlayStation. That was about it. Right. I barely had any friends. Brad had a lot, and so growing into the man I am now, it's hard to see guys that resemble you and I that can be a pillar of strength for just not the men but the community. Because guys nowadays transition. They got too much emotion, and not enough logic. Or they react too much and don't, okay, sit back and say, okay, what am I learning? Right. We're drifting a lot and it's not that we don't have, uh, we have a lot of ideas of, well, what are we going to do this year? No, I have an idea of what I'm going to do these next 10 years. Right. Because I'm going to encompass a lot. I have a vision for myself, not just a New Year's resolution. Right. I have a why behind my action. And you and my dad are the two guys in my life that taught me that. 
Okay. Even with my even with my lady, she's starting to understand that Doug is not just a good man that can love you. He's a good man that can lead you. There you go. So. And, you know, one of the things that I, I share with people, not just you or, or my sons, mm-hmm. um, but with people in general, because I know a lot of times this young generation can be consumed by their challenges. That's true. And... Um, one of the quotes I, I read in a book called Absolute Power, and this quote came out of the Dojing Manual, it said that people can't cope with reality beyond their ability to predict. So either they overreact or become paralyzed. You need to send me, repeat that, repeat the book and then repeat the quote so everybody knows where to get that. Cause I'm like, I, I need to absorb more of that slowly. Okay. The book was called Absolute Power. You know the author? I don't know the author, can't remember the author. Um, and this quote was actually taken out of a, a Dojing manual. Okay. And um, it says that people can't cope with reality okay. beyond their ability to predict. So either they overreact or become paralyzed. I think that has a lot to do with our, our culture. Yes. And, and the, thing, the thing about me, one of the things, and I shared this with someone yesterday, I said... My dad always told me, if you're going to be afraid of something, know everything there is about that which you're afraid of. Don't be afraid of it without having a reason, a valid reason. Ah. Hmm. And, and a lot of times we're just scared and don't know why we're scared. Yeah. Well, I've learned not to be afraid unless I've learned I understand why I should be afraid. I got you. And... Um, Man, people, y'all better be listening now. Like my mom, she my mom. Shout out to my mom. She gonna be listening. She's my biggest supporter right now. Okay. And I got a few solid listeners, but she's gonna pass the word along. But that I didn't know, cause I was well, I was afraid at one time to even do that. Okay. I don't know what came over me to even do it. All I know is that Patrick just told me be dubbed. Right. So, Every time I go on interviews or I've gone out and I've had to do public speaking, you see me on Facebook doing some stuff. Yep. Every time I go in, I just say, be done. Yeah. And I'm not even afraid. I'm just thinking, okay, what do, what do I know about myself that somebody can learn versus why am I not getting across to them? Right. Because that, I'm just like, okay, now I got to figure out. No, just give it to them. And even, even when you were going on one of your first job interviews, I told you, to give them you. Yeah. Because Doug is always going to be enough. Yeah. And that was one of the attractions when I met you at, at that meeting. Mm-hmm. I said, this is a sharp young brother. I was the only young brother at the time. <laughs> <laughs> right. But but at the same thing, at the same time, you use tools that a lot of people dismiss every day. You use your ears and your eyes. You pay attention to the things you see mm-hmm. and you listen. Yeah to the things you hear. A lot of times people, like sometimes my wife and I, we'll, uh-oh, we'll, we'll, uh-oh. we'll get into don't, it don't and, I, and I'll tell don't, her. Don't, I, don't, do not let her get I, on this podcast. I, I said, babe, you have to listen to understand and not be listening listen to, to respond. I'm, I had to, I, I had to hold myself when I was, my, my lady, and we're going, we've, I've had to learn to slow down myself so that she can see it. Right. It's hard because it's like she needs to get off what she needs to get off. Right. So I just say, babe, what's going on? And then there's a bad, there's, okay, there might be a response. And there's an intelligent response from my end, as you know. Mm -hmm. But then there's a but from her. And I'm just like, okay, are you listening? And my head is, are you listening to respond? And we had that instance in church. I told her about, I, t- I said this on the last podcast I did with a friend of mine. And it was about going to church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to, we're getting married in her home church okay. for free. And I said, cool, no problem. That's a blessing that we can just not have to spend that much money on a wedding. Right. That's good. And her pastor wants to do uh, uh, marriage counseling with us. Okay. That's cool too. And so she goes to work one weekend and then is off on the other weekend so she goes to work on a Sunday she's off on Sunday she goes on Sunday she's off on Sunday so she has two attempts to go to church right she goes to a small church in Columbia and she grew up in the church it's very core to who she is mm-hmm. and for me in my experience I went to church and I grew up in the church as well mm-hmm. but like you said I have eyes and ears right 
I don't sit there idly. Right. I used to because I was a kid and I had to. I had no ability to choose. Right. When I did choose, I said, I'm going to go and listen. And if I can't listen, boom. And I think the reason why I fell asleep was not because the word, what he's saying is wrong. It was, it never touched me. Right. Emotionally. So that I could stay up. And so I just got out of church and I said, I'm going to find a way to get God or the universe's value into me without me having to say, I have to go to church. Right. Because God is in me. Every I, day. I am God myself because he is in me. That's right. And I think a lot of people don't understand, especially us. We feel like we have to go to church to get it. And I'm just like, I'm sorry I have to bust that bubble with church. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you, you know, as it relates to religion... That truth is uncomfortable. It's like poetry. Everybody loves it, but they don't want to hear it. Yeah. Um, the communion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, people who, who don't understand, they'll think that it's a religious ceremony to have the communion covered. Mm-hmm. And it's not. Back when communion started, they covered it to keep the flies off. Mm-hmm. But now it's it's become a, a step and fetch kind of tradition to say that this is how communion is supposed to be done, and it's not. It has no covering the communion has no religious value at all. But you have those that sit in there, and, and when they want to excuse themselves, they, they'll get up and they'll raise that one finger and walk through the church, not understanding that that came from letting the slave master know that I'm moving. Well, you know? I, I, yeah, and when 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 it comes to that, and we had that conversation, mm-hmm. uh, she was just like, "Babe, you know, I, we ha- I haven't seen you or heard you go to church in a while," and she was she was she wasn't irritated, but she said, "Babe, we gotta talk." And I said, "Well, did I do anything wrong?" She's like, "No, she gotta talk about something." I said, "Well, let's talk about it." Mm-hmm. She said, "Right, right in the vestibule of the church, like in the lobby area." And right before they opened the doors, and it was just us two and a couple other people that were sitting around talking. So we were just like, we're just gonna whisper to each other and just kind of see if we get somewhere. And I told him, you know, I grew up with a lot of, not say bad memories, but memories that are not so good with the church. Right. They're very hip, not the church itself, but the people in the church from the pulpit, not my pastor at all, but people just in the pulpit are hypocritical. People, people in and pull in them pews next to me in front of me behind me mm. are very hypocritical I only found one couple that I can trust mm. with and they've been at my side ever since I've met them right and I said that is what church is that's what's a, that's what a faith community is I want to be a part of a faith community where you can I can call you and you can mentor to me or minister to me without pulling the bible out on me yeah and you and know what's funny about that? Me to do that you know what's funny about that though what's that? that the people you trust the most which is your mother and father mm-hmm. okay who who took you to church mm-hmm. and, and made sure you were there whether you listened or not you had to go mm-hmm. just like me <clears throat> and <clears throat> the people that I trust trust the most as it relates to my salvation mm-hmm. is not my parents who is it it's a, a minister named Mary Williams and her husband who, who were neighbors. But using my eyes and ears, I watched them live like, like what they preached. They yeah. practiced what they preached every day. They, it was an extension of love throughout the neighborhood from these and still to this day, very close with them. And I'm funny about who I ask or, or to pray for. But they're the first two people I go to. Mm-hmm. And anytime I, I have any challenges mm-hmm. or, or, or I want to make sure I'm on the right path with the way I'm thinking as mm-hmm. it relates to the word, I'll ask them. I got you. And, and that, that's it. that doesn't say anything about uh, not loving my mom and dad. Yeah. That, that just says that as I grew to be a man, I knew that there were things that I needed that my parents couldn't get. You had to extend your circle. Extend my circle. Yeah. And, and one one of the greatest things about my dad, because I grew up an athlete. Mm-hmm. No, my we da- can tell. If, any, if anybody <laughs> saw you, they would see. Uh, my dad all, always made sure that I was always around strong men could, who could help 
develop me and teach me the things that he could. Yeah, I got you. And, and that was the man in him. Mm-hmm. And you know, as, as a father, that takes a lot. But yeah. you got to give I'm, you got to give trust in some other man for your son, for your son. And and, and, and being who I am and, and knowing and understanding that all the values that I've learned to carry and, and mold who I am didn't always come from my house. It came outside of my house by way of other people that God in his infinite wisdom made sure that I came in contact with. I got you. Yeah. In connection to the, the uh, listen to responding, we, it was, it was that but, the but that she came back with and I was just like, baby, that sounds like a point. The point is your man had memories that were kind of, that in his in his mind that were tragic, that stopping him from going out there to look for a faith community at this moment. Right. Nothing wrong with the church. Nothing. It's here for a reason. Yeah. And she knows I can part compartmentalize it too. Right. But and we sat in church and we kind of we could feel the tension. Her mom didn't see it. I'm sure her mom probably did see it. But I could feel it. I was just like, I need to just calm, just keep it calm, just enjoy what's coming in. And then someone said, Hey, just I had my phone out. I just hit the notes and just told them that there's nothing wrong with the church. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong. I love the fact that you grew up in with a family that you you feel felt that you can trust, mm-hmm. that was around you, that knows of you, and quite coincidentally, everybody in there know her, know me now, right. and is threatening me to take care of her or I'm gonna get you. <laughs> so I I know those people will protect her, and that's fine. Yeah. But what I've seen coming from people outside of her pastor not so good mm-hmm. and and from my church not so good right so I'm saying okay I have two instances where the church has not been what they preach or at least some of the people in the community mm-hmm. and I said if I'm a if I'm gonna be a spiritual person I need people that mimic my same spirit right that's why I hang with you I hang with Chad I hang with Patrick I hang with Laurent because y'all mimic where I want to be okay. and a stepping stone to where I can be after y'all leave this earth. Right. That's a faith community to me because y'all bring value. Right. That's not only you know reality, but it's godly. Right. And I, I can pray. That. I can pray on that, and I can say I got this. Don't worry about it. Right. I had Patrick on uh, two days ago, and it was like going to church. I was like, man. And I paused for a second. I, I can tell on the podcast if I listen to him, like, yeah, I had to sit for a second. Right. And catch myself because that hit me. Yeah. So, but yeah, man. Enough of the sentimental stuff. Let's get to the <laughs> let's get to the podcast. Let's get to the to the Godfather. Yeah, man. Some life lessons from the Godfather. Let's list them off, man. Uh, we have don't make promises you can't keep. I'm gonna list them off, okay. and then we're gonna go over a few that hit you where like. That I felt that, or I know that's important, all right. Right, uh, so first one don't make promises you can't keep, mm-hmm. family is the most important thing, mm-hmm. don't act on emotion, mm-hmm. never tell anyone outside of your family what you're thinking, uh, and that's family. Mm-hmm. A man who does not spend time with his family can never be a real man. Mm-hmm. Great men are not born, they grow great. Mm-hmm. And I have always believed helping your fellow man is profitable in every sense, personally and from the bottom line. Mm-hmm. So which ones hit you? And if you need to see the, if you need to see them, go ahead well, and take your time. Let's let's go with the the last one. Okay. First, um, I've always believed in helping my fellow man. Um, for me. Even as a kid, as far back as I can remember, mm-hmm. I've, I've never wanted things just for me. Got it. I've always wanted somebody else to do better. Got it. You know, um, even even with my, my biological children, they know that if you don't go get your education and, and, and become a contributor to the forward flow of humanity, that when God calls me home, mm-hmm. that that you think you're entitled to mm-hmm. is going somewhere else. Okay. And 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 because there, there are people out here with greater needs than even my biological children who I love as much as my next breath, mm-hmm. 
I know that that God has them in a way that they're they're going to be fine, mm-hmm. and, and 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 what I physically have to leave to this world can go further with someone that has less mm-hmm. than what my kids would take. Man, Ooh. so um, that has always been a big one for me. Um, family. Being being important and 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 family doesn't always mean bloodline and biological. Gotcha. Family is the people that you choose to build and grow with. That's trust, right? That's true trust and faith in them. Yes. So, and and most of my family <clears throat> that I trust the most mm-hmm. is not bloodline. See, when when you're bloodline. I have to love you because you're blood. That's an, it's almost they're entitled to. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but but the the old cliche is that that you can't choose your family. You can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. Mm-hmm. Well, when 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 you're honest with who you are and who some of your family members can be, um, it's a choice. And for the people out there, it's a choice to be in a certain. It's a choice to be in a certain situation because you have not resolved the issue or have come to a conclusion about where you want to be in life because you've said, well, I'm going to just settle for this because that's all I got. Right, right. And and I have a family member that, that lives a, a, a lifestyle that, that doesn't work for me. Okay. And I, I communicate with him time to time about doing doing the right thing. And I told him, I, I was like, because I, I am trying to do something outside of myself and, and, and that risk community means a lot, then, then I can't be but so close to you because you stand for things that I don't. You're poisoning our community. Okay. So, so you, you have me living in, in a way where I got to love you as my family, but... I'm never gonna condone the wrong that you do. Never gonna never condone. Never entertain that. Right. So, ah, leave him right there. I got you. And and, and this non-blood brother that I, that I have, who who who's trying to 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 assist or or or, or take his own role in 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 the forward flow, mm-hmm. and, and 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 dealing with this, these at-risk young men that that have no clue <laughs> about what awaits them in life in the skin we're in. In America. In America. And and, and it's not about our choices a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of it's out of our control. Yep. And and one of the things that 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 I try to share with the young brothers is is especially the ones that, that have made mistakes. Don't be defined by that. Refuse to be defined by the error in your judgment. Yeah, I, I did a podcast episode. Just failure is feedback. It's not final. Right. And I had, I had to come to a conclusion about that when I left for college. I used all my money mm-hmm. that I had saved when I was a kid. And I said, yeah, uh, <laughs> I can't do nothing. <laughs> I, and that's, that's a small mistake compared to people that have killed someone who've done who dealt drugs to their family so yeah. I definitely can compartmentalize that but it's still a mistake nonetheless because I don't know how I didn't know how to manage money right because I now have to right <laughs> so safe to say I learned from my failure mm-hmm mm-hmm and and even let, let me take it to health with that with, oh, yeah. with, we going? with, with what you just said <laughs> yeah I, I was sharing with you before we started this about how I had a spike in your blood sugar. In my blood sugar. Yeah. And me, for the most part, I live a pretty healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. For the most part. You fish? I'm like, I don't understand how you yeah. pre, you almost pre-diabetic and you fish. <laughs> but the, the thing is, is that I would watch or, or have conversations with people that I think are drinking too much alcohol. Okay. Or or, or, or drug users. Okay. And... and, and I almost drank enough sodas to be as harmful as alcohol. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. 
that. <laughs> we know it's bad for us. Yeah. But at the same time, when, 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 you, when you're not consuming those things like drugs and alcohol and, and you think ah, a couple glasses of tea won't hurt. Well, that couple glasses of tea can hurt you as bad as a couple glasses of alcohol. Mm-hmm. So that gave me a new perspective of how I sat in judgment of those people who, who didn't do the things that I did. Mm-hmm. Now, in praying about my situation, because uh, I don't know if I shared this with you, I'm a, I'm a prostate cancer survivor. No, you never did. Wow, yeah, I had my prostate removed. Best thing ever. Um, but I've had some, I had kidney stones where I had to have three procedures done on that. And while, while driving and thinking about my health issues, yeah. God spoke to me. And what did he say? He said that you realize you have no suffering in these illnesses, in these sicknesses. He got you. I got you. And, and, and I gave you that body that you have uh-huh. to be an example uh-huh. and to minister to the people who, who may be going through the same challenges that I, I allowed you to walk through. Uh-huh. And, and I had a doctor's appointment this past Tuesday. Yes. And, and my doctors were like, wow, how did you get your blood sugar down? I said, with prayer. <laughs> and, and my faith, because he told me I was going to be all right. Yeah. A lot of but Ooh. I had to go through this yeah. to be an example for someone else yeah. and, and and never knew it. Yeah. But and that's when the revelation about the the drugs and, and, and the alcohol mm-hmm. and me doing living a totally different lifestyle from that. But I'm still doing something harmful to my temper. So sometimes when when, when we kind of watch a good teacher. Ain't yeah. And 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 knowing that he pulls you through for a reason, mm-hmm. you know. So, wow. <laughs> it, <laughs> he get, getting getting my spiritual life and getting getting closer to what he wants me to be, and and it's kind of spin back to 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 church mm-hmm. and going to church. Um, when I was in a situation mm-hmm. once. Um, the first sermon that I ever listened to mm-hmm. came back to me, and, and like mentally, I, mentally. Okay, and it, it was like um, I was probably about 10, 11 years old, and and the pastor kept saying, "Your bed's too short, your cover's too narrow. You can't hide from God." Your bed's too short, your sheets too. Your covers are too narrow. Narrow. You you can't hide from God. That that means that. No matter what you do, you'll be uncovered and, and, and parts of you are going to be exposed to him. Uh-huh. So when, when I accepted that and, 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 and learned to lead, lean on his will and his way, uh-huh. well, that bed that I was sleeping in that was too small became enough. Uh-huh. You know, the, the, those covers that weren't enough. Yeah. Became enough, I, and, and, and to share because I'm real and I'm honest out here. People that that that's following Doug and I, I pray that you continue to follow him. I had to spend some time in federal prison. Yeah, I remember you and, told me. And that's where I was when that revelation came. Mm-hmm. And um, we're not gonna get too much into the why you're in prison because that's yeah. the point. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is that. Once I, I learned to, to trust him and, and give it all to him, yeah. um, not being a bad person, and I share with people that you don't have to do anything bad to, to go to prison. All you have to do is agree to a bad decision. That's it. So share that with, with the youth and, and brothers and sisters out here who are listening. Understand that all you have to do is agree to a bad decision. So mm-hmm. find yourself in a place where being good with not being cool with things you ain't cool with. I got you. You know. I, got you. I hear you. I, I I hear you, man. Like for me, I've learned that I had I had to shut up and listen after a long time ago. I'm 26 now, but I realized at 16 I had to shut up and let my my uh, counselor, well my uh, psychiatrist, tell me, mm-hmm. Doug, you're going through something. Your dad's not here. Your mom is taking over. Your brother's with you. 
and it's a lot for you. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. And when she told me that, I was like, damn, I have to realize there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot going on. And uh, a couple of other things that just related to. to the podcast the the lesson that I learned most from the movie was um, don't make promises you can't keep that was well I remember when I was telling you about it uh, before the podcast that it's it's hard being dug it's hard you gotta continue to promise yourself that you're gonna be dug every day yeah and be dug to everybody and that's hard yeah, and because I feel like the weight of the world is on me, which I'm cool with, I'm like Atlas. Mm-hmm. I had to get on my knees and hold the world up on my shoulders, but I'm holding it. Right. As long as I got it, I'm steady. Right. And the marriage, you know, there's a lot of, you know, the numbers say this, there's only 50% that stay together, or that I wish, you know, I want to be like you when I grow up. Mm-hmm. You know, with my, with my lady. Or, you know, I wish I could do a podcast like that or real estate or, you know, business in general. It, it, I made the promise to myself that I was going to be better than myself the day before. Mm-hmm. I'm always learning something new. I learned something new about my lady. Her name I spelled was wrong. I spelled her name wrong. <laughs> for a, for a, nearly a decade, I spelled her name wrong. It was T A. I was spelling lowercase k. It's supposed to be, it's on her birth certificate, it's uppercase a. And I was like, oh, uppercase k. And I was like, wow. And I had to learn. I don't know everything. So I have to wow. promise myself that I have to get out of this, that formal education I got mm-hmm. to understand that the world don't work like that. Right. The world does not work like that. Wow. And I got to promise her that, and I promise I said, babe, this is the one thing I always, and I, I feel very emotional when I say it, and when I, when I'm living it with her is that I told her I'm going to use every single dollar I have in my bank account to make sure you're good. Mm. I'm not going to just hoard money because I want to save it. Right. It doesn't make any sense in no. my brain. And for people out there, it's not to tell you you're wrong for saving money, but it's stupid <laughs> to just hoard thousands and thousands of dollars with no intention of spending it because money is meant to be spent. Yes and invested and utilized. Yes. So when I told her that, something hit me inside that, Doug, you're going you gonna to spend money and you're going to be in pain for a little while. You're not going to be able to do what you want mm-hmm. for a while. And I said, cool. I had to learn that. I had to learn to take on the promise that I gave out into the universe and it's right. coming back. Woo! And, and, and you know what? With doing it that way, you will have a quality of life that exceeds riches. Mm. And that's where that's a place that that I've been blessed to to come to in my life right now. Mm. That that my quality of life is is greater than any dime I've ever had in my pocket. Yeah. And as it when it comes to promises and not making promises that that you can't keep, um, I've mm. learned. To, to limit the people mm-hmm. that I make promises to. That's right. And there's a difference between making a promise and making a commitment. Because some, sometimes we, we, can, we can spread ourselves a little thin as to the things we commit to, mm-hmm. you know, time-wise. And, and sometimes... We we're not in control to the things we can't commit to. Like like yesterday, I committed to wanting to do the podcast with you, but something else superseded that. Mm-hmm. I knew I knew in my heart that it was gonna be done anyway. Yeah, it was done anyway. So I was like, I know Ron, he ain't just dismissing me. Period. You got you got family right. to take care of. You got stuff to take care of. So it was all good. But I understand that you and I have a trust and faith in that. We all we both successful enough to say, okay, hey, it's gonna get done no matter what. Right, right, definitely. So, when when it, when it comes to making promises, I reserve that to family. Mm-hmm. 
Now is that the family even though they don't deserve it? Um because that's a whole n- different thing. I, 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 I don't I don't make promises to people that don't deserve it. I gotcha. You know what I mean? I may make a commitment to to be in your space, mm-hmm. but that won't be a promise. I got you. And so, when it when it comes to the family that I make promises to, the first one being being God, and the second being my wife. I got you. You know, make promises <laughs> to her, and, and and just as you said, and and I'm proud of you for saying that, man. That I will go broke. To make sure I see her face smile every day. Yeah, I, I like I, and I, I've had to teach myself. I've I've gone so long without a lot of stuff that I've wanted, mm-hmm. and I mean you can tell I got the TV over there. I got a PlayStation Two and an Xbox Three Sixty that are old. They're like probably ten years old. Right. I could have easily spent four hundred dollars on a brand new Xbox and been fine, but I said that 400 that i talked to the guy he said he said the hold off just hold off until december because somebody's gonna bring in somebody's gonna want to sell it because the new xbox and ps5 gonna come out right they're gonna want to sell it and it's gonna be underpriced so i said thanks kev because <laughs> i was like and i said i'm gonna buy that stuff because it's been so long and i can I, that one little piece of my life i used to enjoy as a child i want to enjoy yes and you deserve it yeah um you, you know, with me with the fishing thing. Yeah. And, Dude, that's and a... buying, buying the new boat. Well, it's Ooh. my season. Oh, yeah. Man. I deserve that. Yeah. You know, and and you have, even being the, the kind of giving person that you and I both are, mm-hmm. you have to be okay with giving yourself something, too. Yeah. And that, that was hard for me. Yeah, because you're just so used to giving of yourself. But yeah. I've learned through the law of attraction that you have to open your mind you open your mind and your heart to receive. Yes. And that means receive from yourself. Yes. Uh, and then the, the last one before, because we got about 10 minutes left. Uh, this one is hard for a lot of people and uh, it's not to denigrate anybody. Even my fiance, she's going to hear it too. Is don't act on emotion. Mm. That among all the other lessons, man, is one that it, it, it strikes a chord with everybody and anyone who's made, who makes big decisions in their life and that's everybody yeah and for me I've had to as a 16 year old learn that I have to calm that down because there's my dad had to forcefully get in my face and tell me son don't do this because you know what's going to happen right yeah. I said yes yes sir I know yeah. and that calmed me down and my mom she said Doug we can't we can't have this there's too much tension we gotta we have to sit down and prioritize a thought process before we go and make a decision like this and so I've learned to sit down with the heads of the state and say okay this is what I'm thinking this is what I'm feeling where's your mind at Mm. I even asked my business coach Zach I love this man you know what is your perspective on prospecting or what's your, your 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 idea of just going out and talking to people about business? Mm-hmm. And he said, man, the biggest thing is is everybody else besides you acts emotional. As soon as you say business, people retreat because they're in their job. Right. They come from a, a employee mentality, and there's nothing wrong with it. You go to work to provide for your family. Mm-hmm. But it, I took it a step further to move in such a way because. I want to be free of that that control. Mm. That's emotional for me. That control over my life. I when I go to the bathroom, when I take lunch, mm. when I go to bed, when I wake up, if I can work out, mm. when I do my hour of power, or when I decide to hang out with people that I love, my job interferes with that. And that's a little bit of emotion, but I understand that I have to take control of the emotion mm. and say, what decision can I make to get out of that control right and that opens up my subconscious to say alright Doug we're gonna move you like this we're gonna move you like this you're gonna be on your phone you're gonna be on your iPad doing this 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 and this and hence why I got so much going on right now right and so for people out there I, I swear to God and for the ladies it's it's a little bit of an ego thing for some most people you know pride mm. gets in the way a little bit of ego but that's where logic wins 
overall 95% of the time. Yes. Um, one of the things that I also like to share with people as it relates to being emotional. Mm-hmm. And it's good to have, it's good to wear your emotions on your sleeve because you're transparent. That's right. So anybody who does that, continue to do it, be yourself. It's okay, but, but at the same time, you have to understand that when you're driven, and let's think about a car, when you're tr- being driven by an emotion, mm-hmm. rational thinking sits in the backseat. Mm. And rational thinking keeps the car needs steady. to be driving the car. Yeah. It keeps the car steady and in yeah. the lane. Let, let your rational thinking drive your emotions and not your emotions drive your rational thinking. Man. I'm in church, y'all. I'm in church. You know, um, and, and, and it's a conscious effort. You to have do to, that, yeah, to recognize. Okay. You gotta recognize that. And if and if and if people out here, if you can't listen to anybody, stand in your mirror and look at you some days. And and need I mind you, I haven't gone through a lot of trauma in my life. My dad left to go overseas two times. That was traumatic for me and right. my and my my kid brain. I was like, I don't want to have that phone call. I don't want to pick up the phone. Wow, yeah. And then I couldn't. T- I could not tell my mom that. She'll tell you. I couldn't pick it up. Right. When he when she did and she said she did, I'm like, okay, cool. Right. <laughs> but I don't want to have that phone call because even though he wasn't in war, you're in a war zone where anything could happen. You don't know anyone out there. Right. And everybody dressed the same. You don't know what could happen, what their ideology is around Americans. Yeah. And you're just out there just serving your country. Yeah. And I said, I have to gain control of this because it is killing me. And I had a lot of stress. And my mom said, let's go to therapy. Right. Took the therapy and now I can write the Dickens. I can tell somebody it's okay. Yeah. Be yourself. But um, yeah, man. Uh, let's give the people some tips, man. We got about eight minutes left. So give us some tips on some of the lessons that we learned from the Godfather, man. <laughs> how, how how do we take Don Vito or Michael Corleone's appearance on the screen and relate it to ourselves? Wow. Because I know you haven't um, seen the movie, but you've seen pieces yeah. of it. But mm-hmm. you, but through what we talked about, it obviously relates. Yes. Um, the 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 first the first question I always ask is, how willing are you to change to make your life different? Okay. And and in in the Godfather, from from what I'm understanding, is, is that. There, there, there was a transfer of power. Yeah, Michael. Michael's dad got shot, and mm-hmm. he went from being a part of the military to being the head of the family. Becoming the head of the family. Whew. So he had to take a long look at himself, mm-hmm. and and understand first what it, what am I getting myself into? Yeah. And that's what every decision you make. You have to first ask yourself, what am I getting myself into? From me getting married to moving to yes to life in general. And 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 going back to to the quote of can't cope with reality beyond your ability to predict. Mm-hmm. Okay, so most things mm-hmm. are predictable for me, and a lot of people. Okay. Are predictable. True. Pretty much everybody is. Yeah. So, in 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 knowing that, that get that puts me in a position of control, almost like like your video game that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. When you got the remote, you're in control. It's true. So a lot of times I'm holding the control mm-hmm. and being in control, and even when when roles have to reverse. Gotcha. I've already kind of predicted what's going to happen and, and and absorbed, okay, this is what I'm walking into. Now, when you say you're in control and you being a giving man, that almost seems like a contradiction because people see control as you're taking something from someone. And I've learned from business in general that control is not to, I'm going to make you do this. I'm trying right. to exhibit a, a response from you so that you can understand. Right. Because most people don't understand what business is like until they are in it. Exactly. Or they don't understand what being engaged or in a long-term relationship looks like. Right. My brother is in a interracial marriage. 
nobody black can tell him that he's wrong for doing that. Right. You've never been in one. Right, right. So when I tell someone, you know, I've been in a long-term relationship, and they're like, well, why didn't you propose early? First of all, I've had to exert some sort of control over myself Mm -hmm. first before I can do it over anyone. That's why my lady, she'll always tell me, babe, you challenge me. And it's not to be on purpose. Right. I challenge you because I know I had to challenge myself to get up and out of my comfort zone. Yes. And for her, she's learning now, doing her own thing online, is that I have to be comfortable. I have to, to ease myself into the pain a little bit. Right. I can take on a lot and just say, okay, piece by piece by piece, I can get it done. But for her, it's just like, okay, I'm frustrated. Okay, well, babe. Let me let me put this back on Instagram. She, we were going through this with her, her business online. She she has a hair boutique. Just mm-hmm. it. It's cool. Right. You sell hair online. People gonna buy it. Everything. Right. And it's successful. Obviously, Asians know how to do it in public. In the reality, they have stores and it still operates fine. Mm-hmm. I said, "Is that true?" She said, "Yeah." Did you buy some hair from there? I said, "Yeah." There are times that you didn't buy hair from there. I said, "Yeah." Okay. Are they still successful? Yeah. I see the car they drive. They're somewhat successful. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, I, and we first got her started with just her mission or vision for her business. Okay. And she was like, I want to make some money so that we can pay off the funnel. We can move out. We can move out and have a house. And I was like, okay. Understood. Completely. Mm-hmm. I want to do that. Right. But now you're facing, okay, I'm just driving myself with the money part. Okay. I need to make this money. And that's cool. Grind your way to get that money. But you have to have a mission or a vision for yourself because you're going to drive yourself crazy trying to make this money. Right. But you, if you don't know how to make it because you're just like, I need that money now. I need it. I need it. I need it. But you have to understand it's a process. First is the vision for yourself. And then you start moving piece by piece. There you go. And, she's, and I said, hey, what do you... I had to ask her. When you get your hair done, how do you feel? Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you feel like when you with me and your hair is done? She answered like five different questions that I asked her. And I said, babe, that's your mission. That's your vision for your company. Wow. And then on top of that, just to keep going, yesterday, we, um, she was getting frustrated because she was just like, okay, I got to put some suppliers together. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, let's look through this stuff together. Because online is a little different for her because she's not tech savvy. Okay, cool. Helped her out. She was a little frustrated. She was sitting there. You can tell just straight face. just like. And so... I said, okay, let's go back to your Instagram. Let's let's go to the app that offers you the ability to to um, transfer the information from the app to your store mm-hmm. so that they can order it. I said, okay. I went to the filter. I said, okay, the um, the most sold pieces of hair for Brazilian hair or right. Malaysian hair, I guess. And she said, okay. There was. Some, somebody sold 100, somebody sold 20, somebody sold 40, 50, 60, 70. I said, your business is doing well, your business is doing well, your business is doing well, your business is doing well. Obviously, those aren't her businesses. But that's your business doing well because you can literally take that information, put it up there, copy and paste, and somebody's going to buy it. Am, right. I, am I correct? And then I took her to an Instagram page back to her vision. What's your vision? Mm-hmm. It's not money. You don't control money. Money comes to you. That's right. You go to money. That's right. And she was like, I was like, babe, one, we need to do one thing at a time, mm-hmm. obviously. And so that, in myself, I said, shit, I'm a good leader? <laughs> but in a, something that needed me just stop. When somebody gets that frust flustered, I have to say stop because I had to do that myself. Right. But I told my man, Zach, he's like, Doug, that's exactly what you're supposed to do. You're, yes. you're a leader by default. Follow that. And so, but we got a minute left, man. Um, anything else? Um, no, Doug, man, I <laughs> I really enjoyed this. Um, we do it all the time. Yeah. Uh, as it relates to control. Yeah. Okay? Sometimes when, when, when I speak of always being in control, mm-hmm. I'm in control of my responses and not dictating the responses of others. Gotcha. So, always always know and understand what you want. I got you. And how to go get it. And, and, and the same way you shared with your, your soon-to-be wife, um, the process. Gotcha. And, and if, if, if 
people understand processes, it can take you a long way. All right. Everybody, you know what to do. Like, subscribe, rate, review. Facebook, Hontality Podcast. IG, Hontality Pod. Peace.